I'm delighted to announce that the National Association for Primary Education has exclusively released a video from its Primary Education Summit, Visions for the Future. This video, recorded by me, Mark Taylor, and Al Kingsley, talks about creating digital strategies for schools. This video is available for you to watch now at educationonfire.com forward slash blog, which I really hope gives you a taster of some of the amazing content that was available as part of that Primary Education Summit. That's educationonfire.com forward slash blog. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Just a quick reminder that next week, that's Wednesday the 8th of February at 5.30pm here in the UK, we have our next live video podcast. And of course, the main reason for this was so that we could come together as a community and, and join these recordings. You could comment or we could do some Q&A. So I hope you could join me for that. We're going to be talking about what is self-efficacy and why should we be paying attention to this in primary schools? And I'm going to be delighted to be joined by Professor Claire Wood and Katie Blaney. So to find out more information, if you go to the show notes of this episode, I'll have a link to the YouTube channel and also details of where you can sign up to the newsletter and get all the latest information of everything that's happening within Education on Fire. Today I'm delighted to be chatting to Adrian Marino and he is the co-creator of Zamio. Now while Adrian began his career in health and fitness, he also has experience in hypnosis and NLP and through this he was established himself as a behaviour transformation specialist and he's been working with entrepreneurs to, to help release the anxiety and worry that kept them from enjoying their life. Now, Adrian is working on ending child suicide through gamification, humanistic psychology, and mainstreaming emotional intelligence. And this is the, the starting point and the whole foundation of why he's created Zamio. Now, Zamio has really come to life to combine the technology that children love with the education that they need to build resilience, to build confidence, to unlock their genius, and also to build emotional intelligence. And we do talk about child suicide during this episode just as a warning for you, but it kind of brings in everything that you need to know about why Adrian is so passionate about this and the real kind of desire he has to make a difference, not only to help people who are struggling, but also to give people the skills that they have at a very young age so that they become resilient and to live their best life moving forward. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Adrian Marino talking about Zamio. Hi, Adrian. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. Um, the thing we're going to talk about today is especially close to, to my heart, but I think also for so many people with sort of well-being, mental health, the the general understanding of what we can do to make life affirming and positive difference mm. in children before that. it becomes more of an issue than it needs to is so incredibly important. Yeah, so thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, man. I've I've I love what you've done with the show, and I love what you where you're going with it. So it's an honor to be here. Fantastic. So. Zamio, take us into where you are with it now and what you'd like people to hear about it and then back into that story of yeah. how you got there. Yeah, so right now we're actually in the what we call the MVP stage where you put out a minimal viable product. Um, basically, we have this big vision and I'm going to share a little bit about how we got into it, but little, you know, to give you some context about where we're at, we have a vision of creating a Roblox for mental health. So an actual video game-like experience that feels like a legitimate game, not just like you know a boring you know school game 
that your teacher makes you play, but a game that actually feels fun and teaches you how to be emotionally intelligent along the way is something that our vision, that's our overall vision that we want to build, a Roblox for mental health. But the, not the problem, what I like to say, the opportunity here is, the challenge here is, it takes about $1.3 million to build a video game like that. <laughs> so um, instead of going on this crazy you know um crazy journey of raising a bunch of capital we're like you know how about we put something out there right now that can help children that can like it's not just a you know a half you know it's not like a half foot in half foot out kind of product but how can we put a product out there out there right now that are going to help children build emotional intelligence and allow us to start making some revenue so we can then use that revenue to build the video game that we want to build, right? So what we created at this point is I want you to imagine like a Kajabi. Are you familiar with Kajabi and like yeah. Thinkific? Like, like, yeah, like a typical course. Um, imagine a course like that. But instead of just a click through the videos, you're clicking through the videos and you're earning you're earning what we call confidence coins. So you're earning little in-game money. And these confidence coins that you that you gain throughout this experience keep children engaged. So it's a video, it's a video series that's designed to teach children how to build emotional intelligence. And when I say how to build emotional intelligence, it's basically understanding how your mind works, understanding what your thoughts are, understanding how your thoughts manifest understanding what a feeling is where feeling comes from how the heck to fill a feeling i mean imagine if we got educated on how to fill a feeling growing up would have been amazing um so it's basically teaching the kids the skills we needed growing up so they don't have to get the accumulation of emotional you know damage we can say it's not i mean you can always undo it right but this emotional baggage that a lot of us carry in our adulthood if we were to learn these skills at a young age we wouldn't have to carry these on so basically that's where we are with the project it's a video series but it's gamified they earn points they earn badges and these these points and badges make them want to continue to go through the material because it's number one it triggers their reward centers of like oh, okay well i'm learning this and i'm also you know getting some points for this and at the end of the day, we can say all we want about reward systems, but the way that the brain works is the brain loves them, <laughs> right? And so we are just leveraging that um, with technology to allow children to go through a video series that their parents don't have to tell them to do. It's more of like, hey, mom, can I sign on to Zamio today? And so we have created that process with a couple of amazing social and emotional educators, Um and that's where we are in the process right now. And so we are maybe like 200 students in. It's like really the beginning stages and like it's like really in that state of like building, starting something and learning based off of the customer feedback. So we're just learning based off of what customers say and we're building from there. But that's where we are with the process. Now, where we actually how we actually got here is very interesting so i'm a hypnotist by trade and i know that sounds really uh funny but that's what i do for a living people pay me thousands of dollars to hypnotize them to overcome you know big emotional phobias um addictions and you know fears and stuff in that range and what happened was 
I've hypnotized over maybe over 400 people at this time, one on one. And when I look at the when I look at how many people. okay, so when I help somebody get through a problem, get through to get through some kind of emotional problem, I have to get to the root cause of that problem. Because if I can get to the root cause of a problem, then we can actually deal with it. And so it can go away instead of, you know, just trying to run around it. Right. And so I started to notice that as I was helping people come back to the root causes of what was causing their issues, over 90% of the times they would go back to a memory that happened in between the ages of five and 12. And so I started to notice so much of these problems, for example, a little kid, I had a grown 38 year old who was having a lot of trouble um, writing a book. And whenever we did our hypnosis process to get through that fear, what happened was he went back to a memory of him at five years old being told to shut up for asking a question. And he got told to shut up. And in that moment, he says, my voice doesn't matter. And so he carried this belief system that his voice didn't matter. That way, at 38 years old, he wasn't putting a book out there because your book is your voice being put out there in a very vulnerable way. And that didn't matter. So why put it out? And so I started to see endless scenarios like this where a child was going through an experience that made them feel less than, undeserving, unworthy, unloved, unwanted, unaccepted. And I started to gain this passion for helping kids because I was like, if we can teach kids the stuff that I know now, if we can teach children how to handle their emotions, if we can remind children that they do matter, that they are worthy, and if we can do that through emotional regulation and emotional intelligence, they will never have to grow up and hire, have to hire somebody like me because people only hire me when their life is not the best. They don't hire me when their life is amazing. They're like, Adrian, I, I need some help when somebody comes to hire me. So I'm like, I would go out of business if we help children grow these with these skills. And I got I became pretty interested in that. I was like, okay, we can help children build the skills so they won't even need to hire somebody like me because they'll know how to do all of this work on their own. So I was gaining a perspective of what happens to adults when these child when these situations that happen in childhood don't get processed. And so I started seeing this. Now, I don't know about you, Mark, but I believe that you can be passionate about something without having urgency around doing it, without having urgency around executing your passion like people can be passionate about all kinds of things but they don't have urgency so they're not really moving on it so I had passion I started to think oh it'll be cool to help kids but no urgency until one day my business partner Nikki Hoffman was scrolling on her phone and as she was scrolling on her phone she came across a picture of an eight-year-old boy who just lost his life to suicide and it had this long post, which was basically saying how this young eight-year-old boy suffered from bullying um, ever since he'd been in school. He talked about it with his parents. He tried to get out of the school. He had a lot of trouble. And eventually, he decided to hang himself. When I saw that, all of a sudden, urgency kicked in. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, my God, these kids need our help. And then I Googled two words, child suicide. I was just really curious to see what would come up. And so as I Googled this, I started coming up on all of these articles. And for the first time in my life, I was crying over complete strangers. Like I was reading articles and reading stuff about 
kids' mental health. And I was like, why is this hitting me so deeply right now? I was like getting really sad for these children. And then I saw that suicide was the second leading cause of death for children in between the ages of 10 and 24 and the eighth leading cause of death for children in between the ages of 5 and 10. So it's young, like five-year-olds are having these suicidal thoughts and acting out on them. And so all of a sudden I became extremely urgent with helping children and I wanted to go so bad to build something in this space. The only thing is, is I felt like I didn't have the certifications. I felt like I didn't have the credibility or like I didn't know the experts, but I just used all of that to my advantage. And I said, that is my advantage because experts don't change the world. It's people who are naive enough to try different things. Those are the people who change the world and they're not stuck to what you can and what you can't do. And so I just took that to my advantage and I said, I'm going to build this thing not knowing how to do it, but that's going to be my advantage because I'm going to try a bunch of new stuff. And so basically, I just ran out there, found a bunch of partners to do this with, like a bunch of experts who are actual experts in emotional regulation, right? And I was like, I'm somewhat of an expert on like psychology, but I'm not really an expert on that so i started finding people who were started bringing them in started cutting uh partnership deals with them royalty agreements with them and we raised like sixty thousand dollars so i raised some capital for this uh but that's basically exactly how this company came to be man was hypnotizing all of these people and 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 noticing what was going on and where these problems were coming from and then becoming passionate and urgent enough to actually go out there and start building something to help them um we can talk about like the steps i took to like actually start the company but that's more of again anyway so yeah that's where i'm at with the project that's how it came to be um and now i realized oh i got into hypnosis not because i'm gonna be a hypnotist the rest of my life but i got into hypnosis to give, give me a perspective that i never would have had um otherwise because I, I didn't know how the mind worked until i got curious enough to like start discovering how the mind worked and that was just through hypnosis and that's what led me to building zamio and by the way zamio comes from the word zamio lacus which is the most resilient plant in the world. Amazing. And and I think, like you say, looking back and sort of seeing why life takes you in a certain direction is interesting, isn't it? Like you say, you never know why any particular path, any particular moment is there until you have that hindsight and you can kind of sort yeah. of connect. And I was dots. a fitness coach before. So I'm like, it's crazy the way it all shifted. But at the <laughs> end of the day, for the first time in my life, and I can say this genuinely, Mark, for the first time of my life, I'm excited about business, you know, like I, I, I can't stop thinking about business, not because I'm, I'm scared about and I'm worried about the things we didn't do and I'm stressed out, but because I'm so I'm genuinely excited about building something that does have the potential to dent the universe, you know, to truly change the way that we bring our children up, to truly change the way we see education, um, you know, because I believe that one of the most one of the biggest downfalls of education is only focusing on one part of the being, which is the psychological, intellectual faculty of a human being when there is so much more to us. And so I'm really just excited about just the potential of building something that can truly change the way we live our lives um, and do it for the best. So you sort of mentioned the, the relative age ranges there for different facets of that. So 
specifically in in terms of the course and the videos that you've created are you sort of aiming at that kind of yeah, 5 so, to 12 that kind of yeah so right so we did a lot of testing with a lot of beta customers um right now we're seeing that six to nine year olds are responding to it well if you're what we're seeing is that under six they're having some trouble you know comprehending some of this stuff which it makes sense, right? And then if they're over nine, we've had some comments of them being like, oh, it's a little bit too kiddie. And so we found that the six to nine-year-olds are like the ones who are, you know, enthusiastically receiving it and actually responding in a way that's improving their emotional health. So six to nine is where we're at. But we do want to go all the way from five to 18 because it's not just a it's not just a elementary problem. Like, you know, if we're going to like look at it for real, more kids in middle school and high school have more emotional challenges. Right. And so we are looking to expand our age ranges. Um, but of course, through launching and just wanting to build this sequentially, we're targeting the six to nine year olds and we're learning from there. Yeah, because it has to be that, like I say, the way that you put it into practice and the way that people relate to it is going to be different. And also, like I say, the, the, yeah, and the, the older children are, are at a different stage of dealing with whatever that they have on their mind related to, to well-being. And the and brain develops differently. They learn differently at different stages. So I'm actually working with a um, with a trauma therapist who understands how the brain develops and how to learn from that. And what we're looking to do is to like you know, customize the journey. So if like, let's say if your kid opens it and they're 13 and they put I'm 13, all the content would change to fit that age gap. So we're working. That's like our next development is actually opening up different age ranges. And so I had to find somebody who, again, I'm me, I'm all about who, not how, right? So I had to find somebody yeah. who was good in that space to get some help. And in terms of people getting access to it and, and being aware of it, is it a question of just spreading the word and parents that are then supporting their children? Is it coming through the school system? Is it a mixture? Yeah, so of I actually tried the school system. The only th problem is, is it probably takes like a thousand years to even get through. <laughs> and to like, it's just like they, they work. I mean, I, you know, all love to, you know, education and like all of that stuff. Anyways, they just work like dinosaurs and takes very long to get stuff through. Um, and also there's a lot of pushback to outside stuff coming in. And so once I realized just how difficult that was, I was like, well, who are the people who are actually bringing these problems to our awareness? It's the parents. The parents are the ones who are like, yo, my kid needs some help. And so we just started going with the we started like targeting the parents and so one of the first ways that we got to market was actually partnering up with some home schools um you know because home schools are more open to holistic education than your typical school would be and so we've had we've had some good success just you know emailing home schools and you know getting them to try it out and then um growing from there but our main thing is yeah getting in front of the right parents um, who see this uh problem that we see and yeah getting them on board so it's mainly just getting the awareness out to the parents we may go back to the school route um i'm just not even a big fan of modern education so like i wouldn't want to like aid to modern edic i wouldn't want to aid to it in that way um just because i have my own biases but um that is yeah that's where we're at right now with it and that sort of six to nine is is quite young and so i'm curious are, are the parents sort of coming to this because they're already seeing their children struggling or are they are they thinking we have this opportunity here to kind of give them the learning the education in a way which isn't just me sitting down in 
talking to them you know yeah. because they're great we, question we, we need to we need to approach it in a, in a different way we know the benefits of that moving forward yeah, so great question. So we, what we've seen so far, and this is from like actual talking to customers, is that there's two kinds of customers. The first customer is my kid is shy. They um, are already demonstrating insecurities or they don't know how to handle their emotions. Like they have big feelings and they kind of lose it or shut down. And I just want to communicate. I want them to, you know, um, feel more confident in themselves. I want them to be more courageous and I also want them to know how to handle their emotions. You know, that's like the main thing. It's like they're already seeing stuff happen around this age group. The second thing that we're seeing is parents who are just personal growth fanatics. They love personal development. They love that stuff and they want an authentic way to share that with their kids. And so they're, they maybe already see some emotional things going on or they're just like, I just know how beneficial it is to know how to process your thoughts and emotions as a personal development thing. So I want my kid to have like an extra edge. Like one of our parents said, I feel like this is going to give my kid like an extra edge because emotional intelligence is also tied to, you know, IQ, right? Like your ability to like, you know, get, you know, like articulate things and be good at, you know, with your intellectual faculties and get good grades and stuff. And so a lot of parents are like, well, this can also help them, you know, get ahead in, in school and help them, you know, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that thing of like, oh, we're doing something that other people aren't. I know that's like, it's just a thing, right? But that's what we're seeing with parents. They're like, oh, this is a new thing. And so it's that two, those those two buckets that we're noticing the most. Again, just like, oh, we're actually having problems. And number two is I love personal growth and I want to find a way to share that with my kid in a way that connects us, right? And so that's what we're noticing so far. Yeah, and it's a really fascinating conversation that and, and an idea that you brought up there between what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it and that perception of the people around it because like I say even if the whole thing is purely family up and shit because my child's getting an edge because we're doing this thing in so many ways whatever you think about that becomes irrelevant because you know that the child that's taking it is getting some real benefit from it and if they're telling somebody else and telling someone else then that's just feeding the sort of the fundamental baseline of people understanding about it and their development and their well-being being better and that's that's a positive a positive thing no matter where they sort of jumped on it from i guess yeah no matter why they're doing it the fact of the matter is their kids are going to have emotional skills that are going to serve them for the remainder of their life because like one of the things that everybody i want everybody to get is every decision, well, every result in your life is coming from decisions. Every decision you've ever made comes from the way that you feel. Your feelings dictate, feelings dictate decisions. You can never make a non-emotional decision. You always make a decision. It's either are you reacting or responding, right? But there's still an emotional fundamental element to it. But the reason why I say this is because if we can change the emotional well-being of children, the kind of decisions they're going to make for themselves individually and collectively for the world can be the biggest needle mover in mankind that we've ever known. And so, yes, regardless, like to what you said, regardless of why they're doing it, it becomes irrelevant whenever you notice what they're like, what they're actually getting out of it, you know, and yeah, it's going to serve those purposes very well.
Yeah, and I've heard a few things recently which struck me quite quite profoundly. One is the fact that the the general well being of of our children is affected in in many ways. One, you know, if we had an environment where they were thriving, in some ways this wouldn't be relevant because in the same way as a child just gets up and they learn to walk and they're inquisitive. You know, all that happens very naturally, but we then suddenly hit this sort of school age and we're saying, no, don't do it that way. Do it this way, because this is how it's always done. And then all of a sudden you have your square peg in your round hole. And then all of a sudden you're having to make a, you have to make allowances then. It's like, well, the reason this particular child is struggling is because he doesn't want to sit down for eight hours a day. You know, they're wanting to do different things. They don't want to be sat there for a certain amount of time or studying this in a particular way. And so you're then all, even at such a a young age, you're having to kind of make allowances, which of course many of the systems don't do that. You know, hence the reason people are doing things in different ways. And so therefore they need the help already at that particular situation. And also, their parents and their family and their even their sort of immediate kind of life is based on more stress and people worrying about a, a myriad of things and so they're already struggling with things that they probably aren't even perceiving yet because it's just the way all these things are being sort of transmitted as it were and it's affecting and ha- them and how they're yeah. taking it on yeah yeah for sure and that's so- why helping the parents also just the one one thing i want you're saying is like parents are going through a lot too you know and Every emotion you ever feel due to, so every thought and every emotion you feel, we have something called mirror neurons. And these are the clusters of cells that activate when we observe somebody executing a behavior, doing something or acting a certain way, or when we are executing that behavior. And what happens is if our parents are always stressed and anxious and depressed and upset around us, whether we know it or not, our mirror neurons are firing and picking all of those up and we're feeling the same things. So every thought and every feeling you feel does impact your child. And so what we did was we also partnered up with some people who helped parents emotionally build emotional intelligence emotional regulation learn how to process their feelings and we have part of the course is like as a bonus you also get access to that because it's so important for parents themselves to know how to emotionally regulate emotionally respond because their emotional development or lack of emotional development will a thousand percent impact the development of that child as well so that's so important there yeah, and, and one other thing I wanted to pick up on was was the fact you sort of said about that sort of or personal responsibility, as it were, because I think so much mm, of the thing yes. when you're when you're young is the fact that you don't feel like you have a choice. You know, so and so said X, and so therefore I don't have a voice. I need to shut up. You know, or I need to behave in this way because this is what I've been told. And the moment you have that understanding of actually you do have a choice, it might still be difficult. You might still be in a situation which doesn't quite give you the freedom that you want. But when you understand how you fit into that, how you assess that, how you want to, like I say, make those personal decisions moving forward, then that makes all the difference. And it, I think that that's almost like a, a switch that can just change overnight with the added support, like you say, and, and the ongoing kind of learning environment and, yes. and extra things which you're obviously providing. Yes, absolutely. Very true, very true. Your parents, number one is ownership. And if you can take responsibility for every single thought and emotion and reaction and whatever experience you have around your kid and take responsibility for your kid's experience, then you will be able to actually change the situation as opposed to, oh, it's 
just something out of my hands, right? It's just like when everything's in your hands, you can do something with it. Yeah, and that's very empowering then, I think. And then no matter what you feel your constraints are, you think, like, I, I can change this little bit. And then, like say, those sort of mirroring things start to, to, to filter through in a positive way rather than just the negative way and everything which then becomes um, a perceived positive like snowballs in, in in that same way and i think that's um that then becomes very exciting about like I say the fact that we can change so many people in so many different ways because for a start we're having these conversations now exactly which we weren't having a few years ago yes very true so tell me is there a teacher or school situation that you remember um that's had an impact and 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 how does that kind of fit in with with what you've created now and from, and from what you said already i guess that may be mm -hmm. the fact you saw how you didn't want it to be <laughs> hence the reason yeah you're absolutely something, isn't it? absolutely um one of the things that i remember in school was always feeling less than and stupid is the right word because that's how i felt like i just felt stupid um, because of like, you know, grades and I just didn't learn like other people and, you know, we're all different. Right. Um, but there was this one teacher named Mr. Duarte and Mr. Duarte told me in 10th grade, actually. So this wasn't like a young, young age, but it's a 10th grade. Well, still young. You know, it's 10th grade. And, um, on one of the days I had to, we had to write a letter to one of our, it was our, okay, so as we were graduating, we had to write a letter to one of our teachers, and I reflect on what he told me in 10th grade, I was telling him, when I when I make a lot of, when I graduate and all of that, I'm gonna make a whole bunch of money, I'm gonna get super rich, then I'm gonna buy you a Lamborghini, Mr. Durate, because you changed my life, and I said, you changed my life, because I remember one day I came to school, and I came to school early and I went to his classroom. He's one of those teachers like, you know, he was just like really cool. You can go hang out with him. And I felt um, I felt like like crap because my grades got me cut from the football team. And at the same time, I went through a breakup. So it was like all kinds of like turmoil going on. And I looked at him and he said, Adrian, he goes, you are not your results. He goes, you are independent of those grades. You are independent of you getting cut from that team. And he goes, you're independent from this woman taking off and wanting somebody else. Because your worth is not dependent on these things. He was like, as a human being, and he says the most beautiful thing, he goes, as a human being, you are untouched unless you let yourself be. And he was like, so who cares about your grades? You're, he goes, I know I'm a teacher, but who cares about your grades? You're still a very worthy human being. And so for the first time in my life, I was able to separate the results that were going on in my life and who I was. Because we're not the results we get and we're not our behavior. But so many times we're taught and we're, 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 we're showed that that's what it is. And by the way that the world responds to how we do that we go on believing that and when you attach your worth or your 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 inherent you know uh you know worthiness to anything outside of yourself that's where you become very fragile and you can break very quickly and so that was the one thing that was the one teacher um or school experience with the teacher that changed really changed my life because it was from that point on i started to separate myself and the things that were happening around me 
and I was able to actually tap back into the value I felt as a human being. So that was a big thing. And he was like, honestly, the never had a teacher like that. Never had a teacher who I had a teacher once to once tell me I was a waste of oxygen. And so to have a teacher come back and tell me that, you know, it was, um, it was beautiful. And I hope Mr. Dorote is doing amazing right now. Yeah. And I think so often what that reality of what you just mentioned is so true because what you're being told directly and indirectly so often within the school system is you are your grades. You, you're, yes. you're, you're doing well when you've got your A's and you're doing well when you've got this and, and you know, you need to study really, really hard, which you no, know, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but like say separating that out from your self-worth is amazing. And to have someone who can understand that and make you feel it, which is always such a big thing as well, which is why I think in some ways that, Sort of, sort of bringing this back into like you said about how you would get into the school system with a product is the fact that what you're then trying to do is you end up having like a sticking plaster well-being is big mental health is big in school so this is what we're going to do x y and z but it's like a sticking plaster having already been sort of hit around the knees so many times telling yes. you, you have to look like this and you have to do that and the two things only work together when you have that real understanding and perception in the way that that teacher did and so to have that experience is is amazing and i think yeah it's why so often on the show it's really important that we hear the fact that you know, the teachers that made the difference weren't the ones that told us how to do algebra great or how to write yes. a sentence in the world. It's it's the personal connection and what they were able to bring to you in whichever way they can. And that's exactly. different for every teacher. He saw me as a human as well. being in that moment and knew, okay, as a human being, this kid needs zero. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll do tutoring. You'll get better. He, he knew I needed zero of that. And he was able to meet me where I was. Yeah, and that's that's such a key phrase. Meet you where you are. That's incredible. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Or indeed, is there a piece of advice you might give the younger Adrian now looking back? Be unconditionally yourself and don't deny. Well, I don't want to say don't. Be unconditionally yourself and express every bit of yourself. You know, growing up at five years old, I was laughed at because of the way that I said the word thirsty. I don't know if you can tell yet, Mark, but I have two speech impediments. I can't say my R's or my S's correctly. I got really good at them, but some of them I still, you know, struggle on. But growing up, when I used to say thirsty, it sounded like dusty. And uh, I got made fun of one day for saying it like that. And I remember on the, in that moment, I decided to believe that there was something wrong with me based off of the way that I talked. And then from that point on, I never, I never spoke up. I never raised my voice. I didn't ask for what I want. I didn't go for what I wanted because once again, I felt like I'd be laughed at if I opened up my mouth and I thought I was too, too, too different and that something was wrong with me. And that led me to holding back like that had led me to not being myself for over a year, like over a 20 year time span. It wasn't until 25 that I actually did somatic therapy to get through that and actually be okay with being myself in front of people, right? With like speaking up in front of people. But if I would have known at a young age how important it is to express myself, I would have never stopped, right? And so it's like, just express every bit of yourself 
regardless of what other people are going to respond and how they're going to receive it. Because the way that they respond and how they receive it is their responsibility and it is not yours. Um, and of course, be conscious of the way that you express yourself, but express yourself and um, remind yourself in every moment that you're loved, worthy and deserving of everything you want by nature. It's like in your heritage to be worthy. It's in your it's in like your blood to be worthy. And so never, never letting go of that. And um, again, just being genuine, genuinely you, whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it. Of course, you can't run wild and do whatever, but um, still do what you want to do and be very, very courageous in that because not only is it good for you, your, your nervous system and like your emotional health, but you actually end up with a life that feels like life. And I think for so many people as well, unless you hear that kind of thing, you, you go into survival mode, don't you? You know, because like I say, if, if someone said something that's hurt you, that you feel you can't change, that you're stuck in a corner, then your natural instincts are going to be, well, I'm not going to put myself in that situation again. So therefore oh, I'm safe again. You know, I'm doing that. But like I say, to the long-term detriment of, of not being yourself and being able to express yes. yourself and ev everything that you're here for, you know? So yes. And what you and, said real quick, by the way, that like you're aiming to be safe. All of us, at the end of the day, it's all we want to feel. It's secure in our nervous system. But short-term safety always will lead to long-term danger. Like when I say short-term safety, it's like, oh, I'm going to shut my mouth to feel safe right now. Oh, I'm not going to go for what I want to feel safe right now. Oh, I'm not even going to go after that goal because I may fail, so I'm going to feel safe right now. That short-term seeking for safety comes when you don't already have it built inside, when you haven't cultivated safety in your nervous system. And so safety is the most important thing, and I want every child to know in the Every child to know in the world that the safest thing they can do is be themselves. And the most dangerous thing they, that they can do is try to be somebody else. <laughs> and and I, and again, you know, you can see why now having, you know, put yourself in that position and suddenly found your calling, found that passion and found that reason to want to step into this world to help people. Why all those sort of dots have been joined and, and how it's going to make such a big difference because i would imagine you know that younger child that understood these things because they've been through your program because they understand what's going on how they can be their best selves would make a different decision or certainly make a decision in a different way sooner than just yes. not believing this any other way thousand percent is there a resource you'd like to share and this can be anything from a podcast book video film song could be professional law or person yeah whichever you can yeah um so the first thing is there's actually an ebook that me and my partner wrote on how to actually help your child understand and regulate their emotions and it's literally titled oh no the ultimate guide to helping your child understand and regulate their emotions um i'm sure you can leave this uh, link in the show notes sure. but if you just go to zamio.live slash the ultimate guide zamio.live slash the ultimate guide you'll be able to download that but that goes really into depth into understanding what that is for yourself so you can actually communicate that for your kid and actually give them some tools to like process their feelings that's a good ebook very short too so you can go through that and then um, the empowered child podcast 
The Empower Child podcast is another one that is ran by my business partner, and she interviews a lot of people in the social and emotional um, education space and uh, in the somatic therapy space on how to help children with their emotions. And um, it's been getting a lot of a lot of good feedback. So and that's another place you really want to get educated as a parent. That's mainly if you want to be really deeply educated as a parent and to what you can do to help your child get through their emotional experience of life, then. And the Empower Child is another great podcast for you. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's the other thing. It's a really good point there in terms of, of doing what you can do. And that may be that you're the most in tune, in touch person in the world that can just have a conversation with your child in a way that's just going to give them everything that they need or that oh you my perceive God. them to be. To be able to have a conversation with the child is the most underestimated skill ever. Like children, when I was building Zamio, I asked my nephew, what is your biggest what do you work? What do you care about the most when you're upset? And he said, I just want somebody to talk to, but I feel like nobody understands me. If you can have a conversation with your child in a way that makes them feel like they are understood. Oh my God. The kind of behavior problems you would nip in the bud and eliminate from the start are ridiculous by just being able to communicate with them. So both of those resources are going to be great at helping you communicate with them. But I, I just didn't want to, I, I know I cut you off, but I did not want to like miss out on mm. that great opportunity to like emphasize the superpower it is to know how to communicate with a child in a way that gets them to communicate back. That kind of that level of communication change a child's future forever. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And I think, like I say, wherever you can get that knowledge and that wisdom and that understanding or that snippet of something which just opens that door, then then that's the thing you need to jump on to as much as you can. And then just as we as we round up, obviously, the acronym FIRE is incredibly important to us here at Education on Fire. And by that, I mean feedback, inspiration, resilience and empowerment. What strikes you when you when you hear those words? resilience uh resilience stands out and feedback i like feedback because everything in life is feedback all the results you ever get in your life are feedback um whenever you say something and the way somebody responds that's feedback whenever you send an email the response you get that's feedback whenever you make a post the response you get whenever you make a podcast what everything in your life is feedback and that's also something that we teach children is there is no such thing as failure. There is only feedback. There is no such thing as success. It's only feedback. That feels a bit better, right? But I'm like, but out, out of it, at the end of the day, feedback. When you're able to see what feedback is, you're able to be resilient. And when you're resilient, all feedback turns to useful information that you can use. But when it comes to resilience, the way that that word is to me is resilience is the ability to bend and come back. The ability to bend and always come back to the fact that you are whole, loved, and worthy by your nature. And so, yeah, that will be my answer to that question. Those are the things that popped out to me. And yeah. feedback and resilience are two of my favorite things to jam about all day because yeah. we're building resilient children all day long and teaching them that teaching them the power of feedback and the role that feedback plays in life is like a great way to build resilience as well. Yeah, amazing. Well, Adrian, thanks so much for chatting and thank you so much for jumping in with both feet like you said doing what you knew was right and what you felt like was important without like say perceiving to know what you were doing or to do it in a certain way because that like hey, say that brings, to this day yeah 
it brings your superpower it brings it brings the way of doing it but i think the the big takeaway for me is that kind of you're surrounding yourself with people that are going to help and support that vision and we can't do these things on our own and that's really why we're here in the podcast is just to share these things get people exactly. to hear something where they can go and find out whatever they need in whatever part of their journey as an educator as a parent as people that are generally trying to give children the, the best start in life so yeah thank you so much for being here and everything you're doing yeah thank you for having me brother Thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community. With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.